It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everyone, welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast, my name is David Edgar, I'm your host as always and joining us this week to, well really not talk too much about the weekend's match if I'm being totally, totally upfront with you, it's the Sage of Soulcoats himself, the man, the myth, the McGowan, Andy, hello, how are we? I'm trying to think out to say hello in Spanish, but I can't even think. That's ridiculous. Only no, even... Buenas, buenas noches. Uh, is it? Oh, I don't know. I, I, there's an old uh, Scotch and Rye sketch, and that's why I took it from. <laughs> I've got a sombrero in, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Google has ever seen quite so many searches of can you wear a sombrero on a plane up until <laughs> the last few days, but... Andy, I've I've seen a lot of Rangers successes over the years, and I've seen us win a semi-final, and I've seen us get to Euro-final, but whether it be the last 10 years or whatever, I don't know. There's two times in my Rangers supporting life where, and even, well, not three, three, Helicopter Sunday was one. The other two were, firstly, when we won the league the weekend last season, um, after everything that had gone on, that Mm. was just where I just seem to be floating on air for days. And the other is since Thursday night, where I'm recording this with you on the Monday, uh, I haven't come down yet. And I was at Ibrox yesterday, and nobody has come down yet. Players, staff, management, uh, you know, staff in the ground, supporters, people working near the ground. You could see it. Everybody is still just as high as a kite. I know. Talk, talk about a shot in the arm. This isn't a shot in the arm. This is way beyond that. Um, I mean, I, I was in a two week. I was two weeks annual leave for work. I'm back at work today, and the first thing I thought about when I woke up was thinking I went to kitchen. Christ, we're in the European League final. <laughs> it's it's just. I know people don't like harking on about where we've been and all the rest of it, but I I just think it's undeniable to speak about this without looking at that and say, 
you know, it seems like a heartbeat away since I'm going to Brecon or I'm going to Aston and scaffolding Terrace and Annan, eh, eh, Peter Heed. And here we are on the cusp of a, a Europa League. And it blows my mind. It really, really blows my mind. Playing strains in automobiles, of course. Um, mm-hmm. You're just back at work after a holiday, which, by the way, was incredibly pish timing. Um, mm. how, how did your bosses react to the news that, uh, no, no danger, I am going? Uh, they, were, they were actually, I, I think they were way ahead of me in terms of the fact <laughs> that he's coming. So uh, I, I was off for a week, back for a week, off for two weeks, back for a week, and then I'm off for another two weeks. And uh, they've been incredibly, incredibly accommodating. I think maybe they know that if they didn't, then they'd be looking for a new, a new employee. A new person, <laughs> yeah, in that spot. Well, no, so, I mean, that's the thing. Jobs do come and go. Um, <laughs> this kind of thing doesn't. And it's been remarkable uh, in that, you know, we won't talk too much about it because, folks, if you want to go and listen to Heart and Hand Extra, uh, where, where we had the, the reaction on, on Friday after Thursday night, you'll hear it. Uh, somebody said to me, actually, that he, he tuned in expecting to hear us all, you know, singing and dancing. He said, you were all shattered, you know, happy, delirious, but, but you could tell. Uh, and I'm not surprised because, like most of the listeners, Andy, I've watched the footage after the game over and over and over and to be honest I'll just be walking about doing my stuff on a daily basis and I'll stop and play the wee recorder in my mind of all the clips I've got stored in there and uh, look it's a subjective thing Um, I was there I know you were as well I was there at Kiev as a wee boy and seeing it through a wee boy's eyes but we were there we were there at Parma uh, in 99 and we were there the other night I can't go any further back than that, I wasn't around for 72, I wasn't around for uh, 78 PSV. That's the greatest night I've ever had at Ibrox, bar none, including those two. That was that was something special. That was, as I say, it was out of body. It was just the the, the, the 20 minute celebrations afterwards in the ground with not a soul leaving, everybody singing and dancing with the players was, I mean, I'm actually getting goosebumps just talking about it now. Uh, these are the days indeed. I watched inside Ibrox just to, to kind of corroborate what you're saying about the, the celebration. I watched inside Ibrox on Rangers TV and it was, it was goosebump stuff, you know. Um, I, I thought Braga was, was exceptional. I, I thought Braga was fantastic and I, I, I've got to agree with you. I think that uh, the whole thing, so, so we, we see atmosphere, but it was more than atmosphere. It was just it was just exceptional the, the the synergy between what was happening in the stands and what was happening on the park doesn't happen often in life, never mind in you know, every other season. Um it was Bert in Kiev, I was in Kiev, I wasn't in Kiev, I was at the Kiev game and I was at the very, very back wall at the main stand. This was pre club deck day, so I'm right at the back. And I can remember how loud it was. I remember Parma and uh, you know it was it was a brave new dawn. It was an advocate team with with real hopes and expectations that we could do something in Europe. Um and it was loud and it was a, a big scalp. But this this was beyond that. And I kinda wonder if it's on a par or, or similar to the, the seventy two Bayern Munich ties, because you know, we 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 look back at that at our age and we, we hear the tales of how Bayern Munich were basically the, the West Germany oh, team at that time. Absolutely. Beckenbauer and all the rest of it, and, I, and I'm, not saying, I'm not saying RB Leipzig are, in terms of a name, are, are Bayern Munich, but in terms of 
current Bundesliga crack teams, as they say. They're there. And I watched them last night, Scott Augsburg, whatever it was, um, with, with yeah. absolute ease. Um, so f- football-wise, I, I just thought it was pure unadulterated desire from start to finish, not for the first time. To, to have that kind of performance, the Scottish Cup semi, Braga, and then this, you know, in fairly quick succession, that is exceptional um, powers of recovery and intensity and of focus and of desire from within, from a team and, and from a management. Um, it doesn't happen. This is, this is the kind of magic that you only get when you have runs like this. Um, so we, we need to savour it. We need to enjoy it. We'll, we'll remember it for our days no matter what happens next. Um, these are the days, David. These are the days. I'm getting a strong Leicester City 2015-16 yeah. vibe and not not for the reason that, that people might think. People might think, ah, oh, well, you know, it was a miracle. It wasn't, it wasn't. They, they ran away with it. They won it because they deserved it. There was no moment of luck that changed everything or it turned on a six. But Leicester just kept winning. <laughs> You know, and and yeah, uh-huh. I mean, it was an unbelievable achievement, but it wasn't one you could turn around and say, oh, well, they had that moment there that just went for them or that miracle shot that went in the back of the net. You know, there was nothing like They just kept winning. And that's what this Rangers run has been. Yes, it's an incredible achievement. Yes, it's, you know, magnificent. But we're not there because we worked the away goals rule or we won a penalty shootout that can go whatever. We've beaten every single team we've come up against. We've outscored every single team we've come up against. We've scored 16 goals. 16 in the four ties to get to this level. It hasn't been a case of, um, well, you know, we, we carried a lot of luck to get here. We're playing with VAR at this level. So every decision that goes has been double-checked. You know, and, and, and is less arguable. You'll always have arguable decisions. Uh, Alfie's goal against Dortmund, for example. But even so, Rangers are there utterly on merit. And I think that's maybe why, Andy, it feels different this time. I, in my heart of hearts, I don't think I ever truly quite believed we were winning in Manchester. Uh, no. And there were, you know, there were reasons for that. But I, I just... Yeah, I hoped, my God, I hoped, and, and, and there was bravado and whatnot. And I, I just think that that wee voice in the back of my head as I was lying in my bed at 3 a.m. was saying, you know, this is a, this a long shot. But this time, I don't feel that way at all. No, I'm the same, David. I, I, I never, ever really believed we were going to win it in 2008. I've got to say, I've been doing the Manchester and hope and the expectation. I just thought, Zane, it were, we're always going to be a tough nut to crack. And, <laughs> and steroids. <laughs> and the rest so uh, but the, the, this is totally different and I, 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 you're sitting here and you're saying right, well why why does this happen because if you look at your season I mean you, you think back to the Hub semi-final Sparta Praga we were absolutely diabolical you know and uh, you wonder well, what's changed in sports psychology 101 it's belief you know once you start getting that, that spark of belief and it builds and it builds and it builds. Build before you, before you know it, it's no belief; it's reality. You know you can beat these teams. It started it. I think it really started at Dortmund. I don't think that's any I mystery. think so. I think. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't think that's that's. I mean, we did well to you know win that game under Geo and get through, and then you know quite credible draw in Leon, but they were already through as well. But it was that night in Dortmund. I think that just lit that fuse that you've spoken about, lit mm. that fire. And since then, 
I mean, I talked about this on the show. I talked about it on social media. I talked about it on our Patreon site. That I was in Leipzig, did the press conference, met the players, you know, in the mix zone. The next day, we had the press conference at the team hotel. And as well as the official stuff, you know, you're chatting away to them. And I just thought, they think they're doing this. In fact, they know they're doing this. And it wasn't mm-hmm. bravado and it wasn't complacency, obviously. But it was just this almost serene belief that we will turn up and we will do what we can do, and it will be enough. And I, you can't manufacture that. And I, I, you could be the best sports psychologist in the world. You can't create that. It just, it just happens sometimes. Professional footballers will tell you desire. You can't put desire into somebody. Um, it's just, it's, it's the same in life. You can't force somebody to to have the desire to be a successful person in any walk of life. It's got to come from within. But what we've got just now is a, an entire squad. An entire club that is just burning with desire and it's just get stronger and stronger and stronger as the, the last stages have gone on and on. And do the support I've got it because well there's a reason that I'm I'm flying for leads to Alicante is because I never booked in advance because I didn't really believe that we were going to get here. I I've got to be honest. There was also the superstition in me that I wouldn't attempt fate. Um but come you know, post Braga well I'll tell you what I was over in Le- at Leipzig and when Nkunku went by McGregor and blasted mm. it over the bar. Do you remember that? Yes. And I'm I'm Mr. Pessimist, as you know. I turned to my partner and says, we're winning this whole fucking thing. We're going to win this. Because when things like that happen, you start to think, hold on a minute, this is almost supernatural. Um, I, I'm hoping we're not setting ourselves up for a fall, but, you know, we, we've got to go into this one thinking we've got a chance. There's no point getting this far without having that thing that all football fans should have, which is expectation and hope and dreams. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, if, it, if it happens, it, my God. It's a 50-50, right? And look, there's uh-huh. no point, you know, worrying about that. And some people said, oh, you know, a friend of mine said to me, I think we're a wee bit too confident. And I said, look, how we feel has got no bearing on it. And also, there's no point trying to protect <clears> yourself <throat> because, of course, you're going to dream about it. And if we lose, we'll be absolutely gutted. So it, it yeah. will happen regardless. But I do think this one's a 50-50, whereas yeah. I did, you know, I thought that Zenit was maybe a 25-75 yeah. in their favour. Um, they were just, unfortunately, a really top team. We were dying on our arse. Um, and on that then, so moving on to, to yesterday, that wasn't at all, the, that didn't look now one of the reasons is the league is gone, unfortunately. But um, So we're not in those high-octane games as we were in 2008. We have a couple of games left. We had that one yesterday and two more to follow, but really we we all know we've got two important games left this season, two cup finals, literally two cup finals. <laughs> um, and it meant the manager could make some changes yesterday. And there was a relaxed vibe around the place. You know, the fans were all there, great voice, the sun was shining, beach balls were kicking about, uh, the John Lundstrom song got played. And can I just say, by the way, to whoever at RTV who had the caption, it came up, John Lundstrom, and the caption read, best in wor- best on earth. Um, he deserves a, he deserves a, she deserves a raise. But um, it was just a good, happy vibe. And the team reflected that. They played in a relaxed way. Dundee United, who weren't as intense as we've seen them in other matches this season, understandably, you know, they're going to finish where they're going to finish. They did... You know their season ended when they got into the top six, which is fair enough. But they are well organised, and they are, you know, even automatically, even by row. I mean, I think that that Tam Colts is actually quite a talented manager because, mm-hmm. 
you've you know we've seen teams come to Ibrox and they, they just don't have shape. They they do and they instantly get back into the two lines and they, they're tough to break down. But Rangers just kept playing quite commanding. Um, get the penalty. It was a penalty. It was maybe fortunate not to be a red card. Uh, Tav puts it away and then sees on a mistake. Ahmed Diallo getting in minutes into the legs of of Aaron Ramsey. Maybe a wee confidence builder for Diallo because you know options. Mm-hmm. You, you might need. And okay, there's probably a little chance we'll see him in the Europa League final. But you know that cup final is just three days later, and it's still important that we still mm-hmm. want to win it. So it gives you an option for that. And then of course the four youngsters that featured: uh, mm-hmm. King from the start, Lowry came off the bench, Charlie McCann came off the bench, Adam Devine came off the bench. Um, and all in all, it was just a really good day, good preparation because. As a, as a friend of mine said in the way up, it will be strange because you're shouting at them, come on Rangers, get into them, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Don't, want, don't want any injuries. I thought we had total control and it was, the way we play football when we're in that kind of mood, and by the mood I mean keeping a ball and just not letting the, the opposition near it, it lends itself in minimising risk in terms of injuries, I think. And um, there was loads of stuff yesterday I thought was really, really promising, not just in the short term, but long term, as you've kind of alluded to. I thought, I mean, the, the first flagship I ever did with David, I think we were talking to Ross McCrory. He had a great game, I don't know, about Aberdeen or something like that. And we spoke about Ross McCrory as the future the, um, Rangers, future captain, all this kind of stuff. And I always kind of said, but he's just technically short to be where we need him to be, I thought. Leon King... It's technically brilliant. He's got pace. He's passing the ball. is excellent. He's touch everything else. He's reading the game. It's fantastic. He's competent in the air. He looks to be built like a man. And I'm sure that'll, that'll get even better. Um, so he's going to be one of our four centre-halves next year. No question about it. And then he goes to left-back in the last stage of the game as well to, to show what an all round footballer he is. So I thought he was he was really, really good. Dundee United him. Had like punctured our title hopes this year between the, the the points we've dropped up at Tannadice. So, you know, they're no mugs and I do take on board what you're saying about them being at a kind of lesser intensity because of the, the stage of the season. But because of this problem with Ibrox as well, if you remember, they, they closed off yeah, basically yeah. Our, our, our set of half passing into the midfield and it was lunch and Kamara today. And we, could, we couldn't solve that problem. Yesterday, it just wasn't a problem because they couldn't really get the ball off us for long periods of the game. So, Leon King, massive plus. I'm going to say James Sands. I know, I know that there's been people kind of question him. James Sands is going to be a fantastic player for us. And I don't, I don't think I'm being over-exuberant here by saying, I think he's the natural replacement for Ryan Jack. I think there's a lot of attributes he's got there that we're going to find extremely useful in the long term. And I think he's going to prove to be a, a really, really good piece of business. I thought he was really good yesterday. He's used oh, to ball. Somebody's, somebody's filled the Andy King shape. <laughs> no, I just think he's a good good use of the ball. He's athletic. He can win the ball back. He can actually ping a pass now and again. He had two passes yesterday that were kind of beyond the, the kind of bog standard square ball. Uh, so I thought he was a big plus. Um, Diallo, as you say, and, and Lowry, I, I, I suppose he's going to be a superstar. Well, it, it just plays all it, yeah, we so, got the good news at the weekend about Lowry signing that new contract three years, which is, is massive. He plays with a confidence that you don't see in kids. The, the nearest I remember is 
probably actually, and it wasn't the four Rangers, but it was Billy Gilmer when he played for Chelsea against Liverpool that time. And you just thought, oh, right, there's something going on here. Because it's it's not even having the ability, which he has clearly, to, to play these amazing passes. It's the confidence to go, here I am in this opportunity and I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of youngsters get in there and just, you know, freeze in that, in that atmosphere. He revels in it. And that, again, is something that can't be taught. He's Gallus and Gilmer's a good shout. Um, I, I, I thought back to, to Charlie Adam when he came into the first team. He he tried things, you know, there was no fear in his play whatsoever. Um, and he went on to, you know, arguably pretty good things in his career. He did, oh, aye. But, but Charlie Adam had been away and played for St Mirren and I think he had another loan spell as well. So he, he played at a, a high level. Lowry's coming for the B team effectively. It's just, it's just the way he carries himself and the gallusness and the, and the fact that he, he hits passes that nobody else will try. Um, I, I watched him in the B team game against Celtic a few weeks back and he was like a ringer. You know, he was like somebody that shouldn't have been allowed to be playing with him. I just, I, there's just something about him, Davey. I just look up and I think he's a player that we, if we keep a body him, could build a whole team around. I think he's going to be on the team next year more often than not. Uh, I've got to be honest. So there was that, and this all speaks to wider concerns or doubts around the direction of the football department. We've, we've spoke about scouting, recruitment. Um, I suppose it's forward plan is what we're talking about, and it's a bigger picture. We might be looking at recruitment, but doing it in the, in the kind of context that Leon King and Alex Lowry are going to be first team players next year in the first, you know, the, the first eighteen, if you like. And, it, and it's proof positive that we've got our football department and the youth department going in the right direction. I think it's too early to see if it's whether the Lowland League has allowed us to uh, progress these two, but I don't think it's done them any harm playing against men and men that want to beat them every week. No, I don't think so. I think in terms of physicality, that's been a big a big help because, again, something we see a fair bit in Scotland are these boys coming through who are talented but they're little slips of guys yeah. you know yeah. we tiny human beings and they get they, they just get battered you know and and sometimes the skill gets a wee bit lost because these older experienced pros know the trick now obviously the level in the lowland league isn't but you know if you're dawdling on a ball yeah. you're gonna go two feet up in the air and they've had to get used to that because with all due respect youth football isn't like that development football isn't like that especially professional development levels because it's it's about creating a good environment for them um to, to go and learn their trade but then there's an ugly side of the game that i think you do need to learn and i absolutely agree with you i think the b team has given them that also for it mattering you know because look rangers will get the you know rangers and you know to be for Celtic, we'll get the best youngsters in the country right realistically and they're going to beat the other sides that they play at that level, at under 15s, under 16s, under 17s, etc. It's it's good going out against guys who there's a win bonus riding on it, and you know, and it matters to them that they they win and they beat you. So I I do think it helps, but as you say, I, I it's that gallus streak. It's that kind of I give me the ball. Um, I'll make something happen, and very assured. And it was great a week in a Northern Irish. Uh, past and future there, or, or current I suppose still, but in future with Stephen Davis and Charlie McCann next to each other in, in the middle of the park. Um, the other deal that was announced at the weekend was Scott Arfield signed on for a year, your thoughts? 
I'm not really surprised because as soon as Van Bronckhorst came in, he got a tune at Arfield. Me and you were stood together at Livingston, we scored that fantastic goal. And he was he seems to have been a player that Van Bronckhorst for day one knows he can okay. trust. And he and he actually uh, knows how to use him. Because let's face it, Arfield's never had pace to lose. So it's not as if he's going to get slower or, or he's outpacing people. He, he he plays with the he plays it in his head. And I think he's proved, proven to be really, really useful for us in terms of tactical changes during a game. And he, well, we seen him yesterday playing as a Adam Thorne. Kill me, he was a false nine yesterday. Is that what he was a false call? nine, yes. Well, actually, I mean, you could say he was a false nine, but he was kind of where the number the nine would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we can call him a false nine and that he isn't, but I mean, he did sort of play as a centre forward. Adam will probably tell us we're talking out our arse, but I mean, he certainly was standing and running about in the bit where I would expect to see the striker. Aye, and I mean, that outside right position he plays as one of the front three is... Conventionally, you would look at that paper and say, that'll never work. How can you put a guy with no pace? You can't, can't really go by somebody if you put him one-on-one with somebody to play it outside right in a uh, in our formation, in our style. But it works because he leads, he knows when to press, he knows how to close off channels. Um, he's just a clever player, David. And at th- is he 33? Yeah. About 33, something like that. I don't really see him... I think 34. I think 34. I don't really see there being much downside in keeping them around the place and, and using them as we've used them this season because he's he's um well what do we think of the semi final? That's that's what I'll leave you with. Well that that's another handy habit he has that he turns up in old fun matches. And it's certainly not a bad quality for any ranger to have that these are matches that, that, that you'll show up in uh, and contribute something. So no I, I wasn't you know, too upset because again, you can't. There will be a lot of changes at Rangers this summer, but you can't change everything. everything. No, you need to mm-hmm. keep some players, and you do need guys as well who can contribute off the park as well as on the park. I mean, uh, Gerald used to speak a lot about it with Ryan Jack. I agree with. You. I think right from day one, the managers thought I him. Uh-huh. You know, he's 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 one of my senior pro, uh, senior pros. Um, now, one of the guys that we don't know his contract status uh, is Connor Goldson, and it hasn't been announced one way or another if he's staying or going. Uh, if he does go, and look, I've been up and down with Connor Goldson this season uh, on a new contract, to be honest with you, because there were times where, you know, after that semi final, for example, I was I was raging. But overall, um, I've always been a fan. He was he was our and Hartman's Player of the Year last year. His record in terms of appearances for Rangers is just ludicrous. You know, the mm-hmm. guy just doesn't miss games. And will there be, if he does go, will there be a, an element of you don't know what you've got till it's gone? 100%. So I think Golden has suffered for the, the same kind of syndrome that Tav has, which it's kind of familiarity breeds content. You know, there was a period where Tavenier could do didn't matter what you do, there's still be folks who say, ah, he can't defend to the black post and he's suspect defensively and all this kind of stuff. And um, Goldson has kind of suffered the same where one misplaced pass or two misplaced pass or where he has the be kind of high pose that he has in a game where he has a 20-minute madness, a, a, a successful misplaced passes. They, they get held against him, something terrible. The guy was an utter colossus for his last season. And in the seasons before that, in a team where... You know, he's playing McCartage and Gareth McCauley and plays like that. I, I thought he was he was 
absolutely fine, you know, he had odd bad game and odd mistake, but you're going to have that if you're playing that volume of games. I, I, I see he's our Van Dyke, that's why he's never out of the team, and I think if you take him out, well, I spoke about Spider Prague away, that was Balogun and Bassi, and look how chaotic that was, because he didn't have the same kind of discipline and uh, holding the line and, and talking. You hear, you, you said it last year, David, when it's closed door games, he was the talker, he was the guy, he was the organiser. And I just think he's going to have a massive hole to fill and I don't think we realise what we've got there. I didn't agree with the noise come Christmas time where I'm not, I don't subscribe to this thing that if you're running down your contract, you've got a dead player in your hands and everybody's got to be an Edward. I didn't. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think you can still get a tune out of players sometimes. Well, if he leaves his way, Europa League winner. It, it puts that to bed. But I, I just thought the guy's too good a professional, and I don't think the likes of Gerard or Van Bronckhorst would be playing him if there was any question whatsoever over his his attitude or his dedication or his application. Um, I'm hoping that if we do do the unthinkable and it frees up a few more bob that we, 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 we tie him up because I think we're going to have to spend a few bob to replace him Suter, oh, is, is, Suter as good as, as he is isn't going to replace him purely by the fact that he's not going to play the same amount of games um, if you add in Hellander then you've got two centre-halves that are you know questionable fitness records so I would love to see him stay I really really would but he's answered every criticism that's come his way I thought the, the Hub semi-final where he came out and made that comment was, was kind of it was taken too literally but he was right he was right what he said then and there's been a response since then um, so I'm delighted for him uh, big 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 boots to fill Now Andy we're going to Seville um, you and I are going a lot of a lot of the listeners are going as well and it's going to be very hot uh, the current weather forecast says it's it's thirty three degrees, and maybe to 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 help yourself stay cool when you get there, you might not want to be covered in hair, especially <laughs> especially around your George Dawes. Now, as long term listeners of the pod will know, I love doing these adverts for Manscaped, but they keep coming back and asking for more adverts, which means that you lot are quite clearly all walking about with your swingers looking like the Mitchell brothers. <laughs> and look, I can kind of see the point of it. Normally, I just think it's, it's you know, an absolute insult to John Knox. But uh, I can see, because it, it's got to be really warm, right? And you might want some air rushing about. And you just can't get better than Manscaped. I remember running into Cy Leslie in Manchester. I said, hi, Cy, how you doing? He says, ah, no so good. I shaved my balls last night and they're really itchy. And I <laughs> thought, I really regret shaking your hand now. And if he'd done it with Manscaped and he got all the stuff that comes with it, like the ball deodorant and the cream and whatnot, and if he'd done it with their technology that means you don't get any nicks or any kind of difficult wee things that you don't want down there, he would have been fine. And you can get 20% off and you can get set for Spain if you go to manscaped.com and use the code RANGERS. That's 20% off if you... Now, Andy, I know that you, like me, are a, a man in your 40s from Ayrshire and, quite frankly, we'll leave the garden as nature intended. But, you know, for the, the young folk that are going, then why not? Why not just whip it all off? Well, I've really got to correct you there, David, because I've already got my Union Jack Speedos looked out and... <laughs> I, I, I'm new, you've now put me on to something that I really need to consider. 
because well, 20% <laughs> off listeners of a certain vintage will remember a, a sketch show that used to talk about the pant moustache so that will take care of that absolutely absolutely right Fantastic. Thank you very, very much to everyone for joining us today. Uh, we also have another competition running. If you go to Ibrox Rocks, my, my Twitter feed, you'll find you can win one of 10 Europa League programmes that have been given to us by the official programme manufacturers. All you need to do is like and retweet. So dead simple. That's what to do. Wire in there and you could win that. Andy, thank you so much for joining me today. A pleasure, as always, David. We'll be back with Heartland X on Friday. Uh, <laughs> probably, you know, we'll be looking forward to the weekend's game, but let's be honest. Um, we're already 10 days out and all roads lead to lead there. So thank you very much for joining us today, folks. And we'll talk to you again on Friday. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>